Legacy means to me, I think there's a big view of it and there's a small view of it. And I try to encompass both of them in my daily interactions. The first is on a, on a large level, kind of on a lifetime level, what, how are you leaving the world better than you found it? I used to have these, I used to teach um, Catholic education to little kids. And uh, one, I'll tell you the story. This little kid came up to me at the end of one of the classes and he said, um, he said, you know, Miss Bridget, um, what, um, you know, what's heaven like? And I said, well, listen, I've never been, so I couldn't tell you, but here's what I imagine. I said, but first let me just say, I am going to answer your question, but I want you to ask the same question to your parents because they're really responsible for how you're thinking about this. But anyway, you asked me, so I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give it a go. I said, you know, I think you get there and you get asked three questions. Did you have fun? Did you use your gifts that I gave you to the best of your ability? And did you try to leave every situation in person better than you found them? Welcome to the Legacy Roadmap Podcast your ultimate guide for creating a lasting legacy as an entrepreneur. Whether you're an ambitious entrepreneur or a seasoned business owner, our podcast offers insightful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and experts who have navigated the path of legacy creation. We explore topics that matter to you, personal responsibility, financial growth, leadership, and succession planning. Our goal? To equip you with practical insights and strategies that help you transition from simply running your business to building a legacy. Join us each week as we delve into purposeful discussions aimed at positively impacting future generations. Your journey towards leaving a lasting legacy starts right here, right now. Let's dive in. Does your business serve homeowners? If so, you need to know about HOA.com, the number one referral network for professionals who serve homeowners. And we're looking for quality contractors and home service pros that we can recommend and refer to homeowners in your area. Not only will you get promoted on the HOA.com website, you'll get business from other certified pros and premier pros in your market. These people serve homeowners every day, so we help you build referral partnerships that keep referrals coming to your business for years to come. Go to HOA.com slash pro now and get started. Are you an entrepreneur or business owner? If so, you need to know about the Achieve Systems Business Building Membership. We are one of the best referral-based communities that wants to refer you. We help generate you thousands of leads per year. We also provide you an incredible mentorship program that has won many awards. We don't stop there. We have 60 plus opportunities to take your business to the next level, like authoring and publishing books and many, many more. Go to AchieveSystemsPro.com and get started today. Do you want to make more money in your business? Most business owners focus on building revenue. That's not enough. Building profits is what feeds your family, and almost no business owner understands how to build profit without building revenue. I can show you with near-perfect accuracy the exact business growth strategies that will generate the most revenue for your business in the shortest amount of time, focused on building profit. Learn more at bizlife.coach. Today's guest is a cage rattler, a coach, speaker, and author with over two decades of experience helping teams and leaders think and communicate more clearly and strategically so they can work and navigate problems proactively and effectively. Dr. Bridget Cooper works with clients to overcome the attitudes, tactics, and patterns that derail their success. 
through down-to-earth insights and action plans. Her mission is to change the world one life at a time. Dr. Bridget Cooper joins Robert to talk about helping leaders communicate strategically. She wants to help leaders lead a legacy that leaves an impact in their lives and the lives of those they lead. She's an informative and engaging speaker and collaborator who revels in authentic, thought-provoking, game-changing conversations. So first thing I love to talk about is legacy, right? And so so just asking, what does legacy mean to you? Legacy means to me, I think there's a big view of it and there's a small view of it. And I try to encompass both of them in my daily interactions. The first is on a, on a large level, kind of on a lifetime level, What? how are you leaving the world better than you found it? I used to have these, I used to teach um, Catholic education to little kids. And uh, one, I'll tell you the story. This little kid came up to me at the end of one of the classes and he said, um, he said, you know, Miss Bridget, um, what, um, you know, what's heaven like? And I said, well, listen, I've never been, so I couldn't tell you, but here's what I imagine. I said, but first let me just say, I am going to answer your question, but I want you to ask the same question to your parents because they're really responsible for how you're thinking about this. But anyway, you asked me, so I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give it a go. I said, you know, I think you get there and you get asked three questions. Did you have fun? Did you use your gifts that I gave you to the best of your ability? And did you try to leave every situation in person better than you found them? And if the answer to those three questions is yes, come on in. I said, plus, there's probably a lot of chocolate and puppies and, you know, at the time for me, wine. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't tell him about the wine part, but I did talk about the chocolate and puppies. And um, and the next day, the next week, of course, the parents came by and they said, um, what were you telling our son about there being puppies and chocolate in, in heaven? So I don't know if the rest of it kind of fell flat for him, but I, I shared it anyway. So you know, I think about legacy being that, right? Being, um, how did I do on those three questions? And I guess on a smaller level, that ends up showing up in every, you know, interaction in the coffee shop, or when you wave to your, um, you know, your your post uh, postal carrier, when you, you know, thank the person at the end of the line, when you let someone stand, get in front of you, who seems like they're having a tougher day, you know, when you extend yourself to your client in a way that might be beyond the scope of the particular contract you have. I mean, all of those things, I think, are, we build toward that bigger purpose for that bigger legacy in all of the small ways that we interact on a daily and momentary basis. Mm, absolutely. So I guess now's a chance to share your journey. Where, what got you started? What made you leap into obviously authorship, entrepreneurship, and, uh, yeah. and, and the impact you're trying to make in the world? I don't know about you. I, I don't think we're of the same age. I'm probably older, but um, I look and I go, you know, that, that was so much easier to answer when I was like 24. And now when I'm in my 50s, I'm thinking, how long do you have? Could do we have three hours for this conversation? But no, I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the highlights. You know, I didn't I didn't set out um, to have this work as I now understand it. Uh, when I was in eighth grade, I took part in this um, this uh, camp program. It was an elevated camp program at Wells, held at Wellesley College. And one of the projects was to write your autobiography, which when you're 13, I mean, you know, you've got so much material to write about, right? So I wrote my autobiography. And in the intro, I said that I was a um, stay-at-home mom and part-time psychologist. 
because those were the words and the framework that I had at the time. And what I didn't realize was in this weird kind of Goldilocks, this is too hard, this is too soft, this is just right kind of um, pathway through the different careers that I've had in human resources, um, in you know getting a degree in human resources, marriage and family therapy, and then finally educational leadership, that I was always driving toward exactly what I first set out to do when I was in eighth grade, which was to help people with their problems, with their self-perception, with their relationships, with their success, and make my children my number one priority within that construct. And so, you know, I, I ended up here that way and kind of a, a bumpy, strange, but fun journey. And the piece about the books was about long, long about 11, 10, 11 years ago, I was doing like a lot of keynote speeches and workshops and, you know, obviously my coaching practice and strategic planning sessions with companies and leadership assimilation work. And I realized I don't have like a calling card that's more than a business card. And I don't want a brochure that seems clutter prone. So I thought, you know, it would really be helpful at the back of the room at some of these events that I had a book. So I should write a book. So I sat down and I wrote a book. And then I wrote another one because somebody said I should write that one. And then someone said I should write a book about another thing. So I did that. And then it just kept going um, until now, you know, 10 years later, I've got, you know, seventh book coming out in a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been one of those um, just following a passion, a signal and that same North Star of wanting to leave things better than I found them. <laughs> Love that. So I'm going to I'm going to throw my wife's story in here just a little, because in 2018, we were at an event in Orlando and made a list of, uh, you know, what is it that you want out of life? And 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 she basically said, I want to be a stay at home grandma. And so, of course, in 2020, COVID hits, <laughs> our, daughters, our daughters moved in with our grandson, and my wife's job moved home. So now she's a stay-at-home grandma with a full-time job. <laughs> like, wait, right? no. That wasn't that that exactly wasn't what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So now Jeannie, she's, can so I now be a little more to... specific, Jeannie? Could I, like, before I rub the, the, the bottle, could I be a little more particular about that? So now, so now we we recognize that details matter. <laughs> you got to be careful details what you ask do. for. Exactly, because all of a sudden there it is showing up right in your world, right? Yeah, and absolutely. It's, but it's fun that way, right? Because it's always something unexpected. Yeah. Well, but you recognize that the Love the that. trail you created in your own mind has come to fruition in a way that you didn't expect but it was kind of like the you know it is that three wishes with the rub in the bottle and the first you know you get you get three wishes and you got the wait what and the first one you waste because you have no idea how to formulate a wish or you know you ask for three exactly. kids and you end up with three baby goats <laughs> instead of your own three children right oh yeah, great great stuff so so let's talk a little bit about obviously serving people, obviously you have a heart for people. You want to help people find yeah. themselves. What, what's, what's led down this road of coaching and, and helping and serving people. That's a great question. You know, I, I guess I, I go back way, way, way back because I, I work with my clients on this, uh, this idea that our earliest formative experiences are not to blame for what it is that we choose do and, and experience, 
but they do inform that. And we need to reflect back to decide what meaning we want to make from that and how we want it to build our lives. And I often say that I talk about helping people tap into their own power, understanding where they begin and end, being able to see problems clearly, being able to articulate problems um, from a uh, from a proactive solution oriented uh, frame. And that came from, I mean, it's like the, the line is a very direct line. There's no like bubble on that one of, you know, growing up in a high conflict household with people who were not equipped to parent or partner and mm. seeing that my whole life and all of the pains and all of the things that then came from other people and other experiences and my own, uh, what I did to myself was all based in this idea that I didn't understand where I began and ended, what was mine and what was theirs and understanding how not to give up my power, but also not to take someone else's power. And understanding that dynamic and being able to see that very uh, clearly most of the time, even when I don't act upon it as well as I might like to, I think has helped um, a, a great number of people in my in my path and being able to make something good from something painful. Yeah, that's, that's so powerful, right? I mean, obviously our past um, does a lot to us and, and a lot of it you know, when we look back can be, or have those negative, those negative feelings or, or connotations. And, and I think one of the most powerful recognitions to help people is to recognize that just like you today, your parents were doing the very best they could with the tools that they had and, and being able to, to use that, not as a, because it is so easy in our culture to go down that negative hole and, you know, well, my parents broke me and I'm, you know, I'm this way because of oh, yeah. them. And instead labeling it and recognizing that, okay, right. now I see, I see where this limiting belief came from, or I see where this idea in my mind was planted. And, and now I can change the narrative. Right. And, it, and, and for, for me, it's, it's helping Absolutely. my clients. And I, yeah. You know, is is that story you're telling yourself empowering you or disempowering you, right? Is is the power, are they taking, too many people are letting their past take away their power today. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I talk to people about this um, model that I have, uh, that it's the balance of compassion and accountability which oh. says that we have to have compassion for where we are and where others are, but also hold ourselves in equal parts accountable. And what, what compassion says is, of course, of course, I would feel like this. Of course, they would feel like that. Of course, I would see things this way. Of course, they would see things this way. Of course, I would be here because we are the direct where we are, how we feel, how we see things, how we're behaving, what we're showing up in is a direct and predictable result of every decision we've made and experience we've had. 
it's not about whether everything that's happened to us, it's the decisions that we've made as a result of the things that have happened to us. That is what brings us to exactly where we are. And so there, when we extend ourselves and other people an incredible amount of compassion, we're able to see how that lines up. And for with my the, what I work on with my clients, to much to their chagrin oftentimes, is they'll call me and they'll say, you're never going to believe so-and-so did this terrible thing. And I chuckle because I say, oh, I could have put money on the fact that they would have done exactly that. And the fact that you didn't see it means that we get we got to work on your compassion muscle because compassion, not to excuse, but to understand. And once we can understand, we can then hold ourselves and other people accountable to now what? So compassion says, of course, accountability says now what? Now what do you want to do? Because as you said, what happened in the past can never, we, we cannot change an unchangeable past, but what we can do is by looking at how, if we are exactly where we are as a result of our decisions and experiences to this point, then that means that if we want a different future, we have to now become accountable to the decisions and experiences that we have any influence or you know action upon from now into that foreseeable future. Like that's how we change where we are is we, we seek compassion and pair it with accountability. We'll be right back after this short break. Do you need an increase in revenue? We help business owners find 100K in 90 days and create a roadmap for implementation. There's no pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit ownitcall.com and select a time that works for you. It's time for you to focus on doubling the 20% that creates 80% of your revenue. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. And, and it's possible we cannot change the event, but we can change the story we tell mm. ourselves about the event. And choosing, choosing to be a victim in the event is disempowering. Even if that event was 40, 50 years ago, yes. today you can make the choice to say, I am not a victim of that event and I'm going to change my decisions moving forward and not allow that event to disempower me, not allow that person who caused that event to disempower me today. And I think so many people are right. stuck thinking that their past is their past and they can't, they can't change it. You cannot change the event. You cannot change the trauma, but you can certainly change the way that trauma impacts right. you moving forward. And really I, I talk about it, that compassion piece for some has to be all the way to the level of forgiveness where you're cutting the strings that that right. event has wrapped around your heart and, and allowed your emotions to make decisions yeah. based on something that happened to you 50 years ago that you have no control over and you cannot undo. And so helping people to Absolutely. unravel those strings is so powerful. So powerful. It's actually the, uh, the subject of my TED talk. So I did a TEDx talk back in 2018 and it is exactly that it's on forgiveness. It's on looking at forgiveness in a different way. Cause how I was sold forgiveness was that it meant you were excusing something. You were giving permission for something. You were acknowledging that everything was okay now. And I created a different Form. I, my clients call it forgiveness for B. Um, they, they switch the F out and make it forgive Dr. B's level of uh, forgiveness. So forgiveness has something different in it, which is I get to add boundaries to my forgiveness. So I can 
I can say, you know what, I, I release the emotional connection to an unchangeable past. And going forward, I get to decide how much risk you are to me. So I may not let you come as close because you have proven to me that you do not deserve that close access to me. I don't need to shield myself with anger or resentment or sorrow in order to be clear that you don't get access to me because you are not trustworthy. Or I can let you back in if it was just a an event that happened that was accidental or, you know, thought through differently later. So I, I definitely think that that is um, a huge part of it. And I want to touch on one thing you said about um, that victim thing, because I get this. That is a trigger uh, phrase for a lot of people. But I was victimized. I was a victim. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. In that moment, you were a victim. And one of the things and I have been, you know, victim many, many times in my in my path. And I say this, I somebody asked me one time, how did you move forward? And I had a choice word that I used, but um, but the phrase ended with that, like F that I will not let what they did to me one, two, 10, 30, 40, 50 years ago, determine the trajectory of my life. They took my past. They don't get my present, my future. And you can find that the act of letting go of what happened to you in the past is the most beautiful, powerful act of rebellion that is so actually constructive versus destructive. Oftentimes when we talk about rebellion, that it really puts you in this place of being able to, to empower yourself. And I, I find that some of those tools, some of those, those pieces that are missing, these little pieces, and you probably find this in your practice as well, these little pieces, these small shifts of thinking, these, these minor adaptations to kind of patterns that we've had um, for so long are the most powerful in terms of their ability to move people into a new level, higher level, gentler, kinder, happier, more satisfied, more successful level than they've ever been before. And, um, you know, that's why I, I put all my, most of my tools into one book so that people could access really quick, simple tools that can shift some of these things that for many have been plaguing them for decades. Well, I, I think, I mean, obviously our culture doesn't teach forgiveness in a good way. And we learn forgiveness on the playground or with our siblings, right? Grab, grab them by the collars and say, you forgive them and you forgive them and, and everybody lets it go. But, but we get the wrong idea. Forgiveness is a you and you deal. It has nothing to do with anybody else. And so helping people to see that, right. that, and I liked I liked your boundaries because boundaries are absolutely important and necessary, especially you know in trauma and 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 even in relationships, right? Boundaries help guide the relationship. I'm going to let this go for myself, but I'm also not going to allow you to do it again, right? Uh, and and so making sure that people understand that those they're really two separate pieces of that piece, but the forgiveness yeah. is really about what you're holding on to in the story that you're telling yourself and the way that it is impacting you emotionally and in turn impacting your decision-making. So I really love the way that you described it and, and the way that, that, that you created the boundaries for protecting somebody moving forward. Basically, you know, you did that once. I'm not going to, 
<laughs> fool me once, right? <laughs> I'm not going to let you fool me again. And right. so boundaries, are, boundaries allow for growth, right? I've, I've created this boundary. And if you honor the boundary, then we create trust. And then trust allows us to, to move forward and rebuild a relationship that's been, that's been wounded. And so that's very, very, very powerful. Yeah. It, it, and it's it's life changing for people who have felt as though and this is what I, I grew up with was you were talking about the, you know, grab them by the collar, forgive them, whatever. I had that same thing that was done with my my family. Right. So I was told I was unforgiving because I didn't just let things slide. And so forgiveness had this like very terrible connotation for me, which was that. I had to open myself up to harm again if I did that thing. So I had mm. anger and resentment building this wall around me that then was toxic to me. I was being poisoned by my own attempts at protecting myself from the injuries of that others had done to me. And that was just upside down. Like I I don't I don't want that. I don't I don't want that for me. And so that's, I think, the the decision. I, I know I've I just I've had an executive client um, recently who did this experience with me, and it changed her life personally and professionally, because she had been holding on to so many toxic emotions and all of the the thinking that had to support those things about people being untrustworthy and you know whatever all those pieces were. And it was holding her back from being able to really step into her executive role in a way that mm. was meaningful, powerful, and satisfying. So mm. forgiveness isn't just about the personal work, you know, it's really bleeds into every, every cell and every moment. Well, and, and, and your, and your work life, like I've had a business owner say my relationship with my uncle doesn't impact my business. And I, <laughs> it absolutely does, which is why we do the forgiveness work so early on because it matters. It, it impacts every single choice you're making almost every single day because anger and resentment are so powerful and so negative And that the energy that they create pulls you into a place that you can't make quality decisions until you can let go of the, that energy and get yourself up into the, into the positive, you know, spaces of, of love and power and peace and, and all those emotions that are designed to help you make better decisions. Yeah. Forgiveness is, is so powerful, especially for people that are holding on to anger and resentment. It, it, it's like you said, mm -hmm. it's the poison that's, that's eating you at your heart. So let's talk about the book. Let's get to, to, to tell us, tell us about the ah. book that's coming out and, and, uh, and, and share its, its intention, who it's for and, and what, what tools, what tools are inside there. Excellent. Absolutely. So I, first I have to tell you that it came from what I call a duh moment. So I was doing um, a series of workshops for the state of New Hampshire, one of their divisions. And uh, yeah, right. Most of our best ideas come from sometimes when we slap ourselves on the forehead and go, what was they thinking? Um, but I had gone and done this series of events um, with the state of New Hampshire, one of their divisions. And I, I had a few people come up to me afterward and ask me, you know, where can I find these tools? Those were so helpful. Those were so clear. Those were so easy to remember. And uh and I looked at them and with a puzzled look and I thought, well, a few of them are in that book. A couple of them are in that book. They've got one in that book. 
few, one of them is in a few of the books. Some of them are in none of the books. And I'm driving home like two and a half hours or whatever it was that took me to get back to Connecticut. And I thought, you're an idiot. Like that was my dumb moment. I just went, you're an idiot. You have six books in publication. You're doing all of these workshops and somebody asks you, which book should I buy? And you look at them like they just asked you, I don't know, like um, Planck's constant or something. Like I, I it just, it, it, it just didn't make any sense. Right. And so I drove home and I, I got home and I said, all right, I need to go find all my tools and I need to put them into one place so that when someone asks me that question, hey, where do I find all your cool tools? I can go right here. And I went in and I dug in and I didn't even touch my autobiography. I didn't touch much. Um, my fifth book um, is my sixth book. Sorry, my sixth book. And but so, so just a few of the books and then all of my presentations, which, again, a lot of them had never made it into a book because they just weren't consistent with the, the topic. And I put them all into one place. So I realized I had over 80 tools. So I pared some of them down. I combined some of them so that it was a little bit easier to navigate and read in this book. And I put Unflappable together. And really the purpose of it is that you can see, when you can see conflicts clearly, you can address problematic people and situations swiftly and effectively. And sometimes those problematic people are us. So there's a lot of inner work stuff that is about how your own head trash is getting in the way of those conversations and interactions. So it's split into these three spaces of um, stress busters and having things that will reduce your stress. You can actually kind of like hear and listen some of the to, to the tools that I'm giving you. And then it's split into intrapersonal skills, which are the things that are inside of you that are affecting the way, the narrative, the the, the, that, that those tapes that play in your head, those internal conversations you have um, and work at figuring out how to navigate those better. And then the, then the last um, section is on interpersonal things, which is how do you deal in real time with problems that uh, are, you know, interaction based with other people. And so it's, it's a really uh, useful it's just a compendium of of tools that can help in really any situation. Amazing. <laughs> and and it releases October sixteenth um, is uh, my launch party. It should be online, available online on October seventeenth. That's the hope. We've got some. We're in printing right now, and you know those last-minute things, trying to move a margin and you know shift a, an ink bleed and whatever those technical things are. That's where we are right now. So I'm hoping that stays on target. But you know the the subtitles: how smart people quit overthinking, ditch the drama, and thrive at work. And that's what I want for everyone. I want people to be able to. We spend most of our lives. You know, I just saw a study on this the other day. We spend the least amount of time over the course of our lives with our friends and our children, the most amount of times with our coworkers and our partners. And so making good choices about how those interactions go off is what leads to a life that is, is worthy of, of the greatness that we each have inside of us. So I want to be able to reduce the, the pain and the struggle of that and increase the satisfaction and, and joy in that and this and unflappable delivers, I, is my hope. Hmm. 
Well, I'm a well, I'm a true believer. It. Obviously, we you know, there you go. We've talked, uh, you know, just about a few of those powerful tools in in relationships and and in you know inside of each of us, but it, it still boils down to giving people the tools to leave relationships better than they found it. And I love that you mentioned even your interaction with the grocery store clerk or the parking, you know, the, the, the mailman driving by. And if, if you have the heart to leave each of those interactions, um, it was one of my goals and, and our company name is add value to life, the, the overarching company. And, and it's that same message that I want to leave people better than I found them. <laughs> and, and, and even if that's a Absolutely. smile or a wave or, you know, a, a positive word, or of course, those people that are closer to me and they, we have longer interactions, I still want those interactions for them to walk away and say, boy, I was, I was sure glad to see Robert today and, and, and making a difference in people's lives just on a constant, <laughs> you know, just a, just as a part of who I am. And so of course, you have to do yeah. the inner work first because if you're not good with yourself, it's hard to be good with anyone else. No, but it's interesting. So sometimes behavior changes precede um, thought changes and sometimes the other way around, right? You can kind of work from both directions. Right. And a lot of times the, the action that we take can actually change us and the way that we think. So if we just simply say, you know what, the next week, I'm going to say hello or smile at 10 people that I either kind of know or just have seen in passing. I'm just going to smile at them and greet them. You will actually change your brain chemistry in doing that. You will actually anticipate more positive moments. You will be, you, you'll kick off this thing in this part of your brain and your subconscious, which is called the reticular activating system, which will seek positive interaction, will seek connection. You'll kick off oxytocin because of that feeling of like connection, serotonin, because you've smiled, like all of these things, you reduce your cortisol, you reduce the adrenaline, you actually change the body chemistry of your body as well as your brain and can change things just doing something differently than you used to do it. And that, that is a, it, that to me is power because that says just saying hi to the mailman can change my life. It absolutely can. It sounds dumb maybe and small, but it can because it, it, it will start to move your, your overstress hypervigilant, whatever that is that's going on with you, it will dial that down and allow you to be more open to more positive experiences. I mean, so many people don't realize that, that their brain is a survival tool and that they are in fight or flight most of the time. Yeah. And, and helping people start to recognize that they can actually control that and not be in that space is, is so powerful. So Looking forward to Unflappable and and the chance to to read it, to share it with others because it sounds like a pretty powerful little toolbox. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they can if you want to look on Amazon, you can head to my website, drbridgetcooper.com. I would love to hear from you if you have a workshop that you think would be beneficial to your staff or team. You're looking for um, a coaching perspective or have a keynote opportunity. I would love to speak with you about that. And uh, if you head to my website, drbridgetcooper.com, and you click on the unflappable link and sign up for my newsletter, I promise I will not pummel you. I don't have the time for all that content, 
uh, but I, you'll get some free downloads for some of the tools that didn't make it in the book because it was just getting too big. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Dr. B, we finish every episode with a guest sharing their words of wisdom. So you've given us a lot of value and a lot of tools, but what are your words of wisdom for those entrepreneurs listening? Um, I think whatever drove you to become an entrepreneur, I want you to start every day reminding yourself of your mission and believing in your heart of hearts that you were put here for that purpose and stay mission focused every single day. Being deliberate about that will increase your focus. It will increase your passion and therefore your energy and strength to overcome all of the various challenges that entrepreneurs like us have. So thank you very much for that opportunity to share that, Robert. Well, thank you for joining me today. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for tuning into this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. These aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful six or seven figure business. To support you on this journey, we're offering one of our most popular books, Fish Out Leads In, 52 Fresh Ideas for Lead Generation. You can download it free at enjoybizlife.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, and leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Steve Sims joins Robert for an interesting conversation about the power of making shit happen. He's a creative genius in asking why not when most people say impossible. Everything is possible if you're willing to ask. In fact, most of the stuff people think is impossible is really easy if you start asking and connecting to the right people to ask.